Thanksgiving weekend, Canada. Welcome to CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. Getting ready for a fun four-pack of games across this Thanksgiving weekend. I'm Andy McNamara, and you're listening across Canada on the TSN radio network. Grab me on Twitter at AndyMC81, Instagram at AndyMCSports. You can find the show links there if you miss any of this show or on iTunes or on your local TSN radio station. Fun show for you today. We're going to have Chris O'Leary from CFL.ca swing around all the major storylines in the Canadian Football League. Scott Cullen from TSN.ca Power Rankings and CFL Fantasy Tips. Some interesting fantasy options this week. James Wilder of the Argonauts going down with a leg injury. He's week to week. Got a couple options for you. We'll talk about that with Scotty a little bit later on. And behind the helmet, go to Argoland, a legend, Mike the Pinball. Clemens get to know the pinball a little bit better. I like to always go around if you can get a legend or two and and just get to pick their brain. They're not not playing. They're a little bit more relaxed. So I chatted with pinball earlier and uh, obviously a fun guy, great guy, and what an ambassador for the sport. And just the you can't help but be happy when you talk to Mike Pinball Clemens. He's he's just that type of guy. So a lot to get to. Let's go to the news and notes. It's time for Three Downs on CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara, bringing you inside the largest headlines around the Canadian Football League. First down. And in first down, the BC Lions flashed that they might be on the verge of a playoff run after quarterback Jonathan Jennings reemerged as a game changer out in Vancouver two weeks ago to beat the Tiger Cats. Well, the revenge match was in Hamilton over the weekend, and let's just say Jennings regressed quickly. The CFL and TSN's Rod Smith and Henry Burris review what turned out to be a one-sided battle of the Cats. Well, whatever good feeling the BC Lions had, Henry, after that dramatic overtime victory last week over the Tiger Cats, it was gone in a real hurry. That Hamilton team, they looked angry, they looked very motivated, and they scored quickly. Very much so. I mean, after seeing everything that happened to their logo the day before by the BC Lions, you know what? If Hamilton didn't come out and play with the energy that they played with, everybody across the league would be making fun of them, saying, come on, guys, you can't let a team do that, but football is a game about emotion, Rod, and the only team that showed up were the Hamilton Tiger Cats. They played like a team that was upset for multiple reasons. Of course, with the logo situation, that was you know something that we all talked about, but also losing a game in Vancouver that they thought they should have won. They cannot let this game slip away from them. This opportunity here, because they see a red-hot Ottawa red-black team in front of them, this defense played with emotion. That's what defensive football is all about. Three three turnovers. Three turnovers by Jonathan Jennings all turned into points, which gave Jeremiah Masoli in that offense short field position to put the ball in the end zone. That defense showed up and led the way today. Jeremiah didn't have to do much, but that defense carried the team today. Passing for under 200 yards, it still, you're right, looked very much in control. As to the entire Tiger Cat team, it was over early, and one game can really change the complexion when you talk about playoff outlook. BC still fighting in the West at the bottom of the division for Hamilton, now back within two points of the first place, Ottawa Red Blacks in the East. Yeah, that was disappointing for the Lions to see Jennings just fall right back on his face. Man, uh, and, and really adds an element of unpredictability. Okay, let's go to second down. Second down. Another week, another loss for the Alouettes. But the storyline to follow is if there's improvement in quarterback Johnny Manziel's play. Owls aren't making the playoffs. But how is Johnny doing as the potential future quarterback for that team? Well, Rod Smith and Matt Dunnigan break down his fourth CFL start. Well, let's face it, Matty. The Alouettes are essentially done here. So the remaining games amounts to an audition to see how much Johnny Manziel progresses. How much progress did you see in this game? 
A uh, little bit. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Touchdown uh, passes anyway. Well, uh, two touchdown passes, you know. Uh, get your pom-poms out and cheer about that. You know, uh, th- th- that's one thing. But about executing an offense, it's it's another thing. Look, Johnny is working with the same pieces of the puzzle that have been there all season long, and uh, there's not many pieces there to work with. Uh, Stanback only had five carries, right? I think you need to establish line of scrimmage more. Otherwise, you're going to have to re- revert to something like this, and that's trickery and, and running flea flickers to score touchdowns and, and making people miss. I like the fact that one, he had protection there, he pulled it down and he guts him with his legs. This is what Johnny brings to the table. But in four starts, you're not going to learn the Canadian football game. I think, you know, this is brilliant. I mean, and we're going to see these type of plays. But can we see them consistently in a meaningful offense that's executed at a high level? That's a two-point convert and he gives his team hope. And so does Antonio Pipkin in these situations. Great wheels and great ability to exploit a defense with their legs. But executing an offense within the pocket consistently against good football teams and the Saskatchewan Roughriders have a very good defense let's not let's not discount that and they put up a lot of points there good on them but a little improvement things are slowing down a little bit for Johnny but it's going to take a lot more than four starts I, I you know look at what happened this past weekend Jeremiah Mazzoli 16 and 16 now he's 17 and 16 that's 33 starts mm-hmm. coming to this ball game you got Jonathan Jennings from BC he was 21 and 21 as a starter that's 42 starts maybe around those numbers before things really start slowing down for Johnny Menzel and hopefully the pieces around him improve there's four more starts so as mentioned at most I mean not mathematically done but let's face it again the Alouettes have to win the remaining four games and then get a whole lot of help chances like that. Now, to me, Manziel is definitely starting to look more relaxed out there. He's improvising, running around. I like that he ran and slid to protect himself during the game, but then he counters that by diving headfirst into the end zone, the same type of thing that got him a concussion earlier in the season and hurt him when he was in the NFL. So, Johnny's really his own worst enemy here. Plays like he's 6'5 in a 5'11 body, slender build, and he just gets squashed. So he, it's almost like he gets too excited. He's out there going. It's like, all right, I'm going to take on everybody, and then he gets squished. So we'll see how Montreal handles that nasty Stampeders defense on Thanksgiving Monday. Let's go to third down. Third down. All right, we covered some ground here with the CFL panel here on third down, including with another Argonauts loss. Is it time for the team to go back to James Franklin from McLeod Bethel Thompson at quarterback, as well as Edmonton's lopsided defeat? And which injured receiver is missed the most? 16 weeks of the books, five more to go. Here's Matt Dunnigan, Henry Burris, and Davis Sanchez. Let's start with the Argos, Matty, at quarterback. Been struggling again. Is it time to go back to James Franklin? Well, look, let's be real. This offense is meant for veteran quarterbacks. Both these guys are inexperienced CFL quarterbacks. You need a veteran quarterback in there to manage the football games and understand when to push the ball deep and not do check down Charlie 24-7. I would have stayed with James Franklin, in my opinion. Me too. I think Thank he's the you. future. Me too. But James you're not going to find a veteran anywhere, guys. I mean, that's the thing. There's no veterans out there. You've got to work with these uh, two hey, guys. I'm just but, saying that's why look, this offense is stalling. But looking at the bottom hey. line, you got McLeod out there playing. He's looking so, frustrated. It's time to sit him on the sidelines, give James look, Franklin a chance. Is this not, if he's not working, hey, he'll put McLeod hey, back in. Hey, is this not – if he started seven straight games, maybe he's doing what the coaches told to, telling him to do. Otherwise, maybe he should have been sat down. In seven games, he has eight completions of over 20 yards. I don't know the answer, but maybe he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. Give us an answer. Give us an answer. Okay. No, it's James, it's James Franklin. Okay. 
Let's talk about oh, Beatdown Saturday, Henry. Two blowout games. Which surprised you the most? BC, the way they lost in Hamilton, or Edmonton, the way they lost at home against Winnipeg? Oh, it had to be Edmonton because Edmonton being 5-1 and one at home, what are you doing? You got one of the best offenses, if not the best offense in the CFL. Look at the Winnipeg Blue Bombers up front with that pressure package. Mm-hmm. Only two sacks in both Labor I'm Day games. I'm with they you, had Hank. five against Montreal, which is, oh, come on, that's Montreal. I, but then they followed up with five more sacks against Edmonton. So come on, Edmonton, yeah. what are you doing? BC has been up and down all season on the road. They can't play very well. They've only got one win on the road. Edmonton at home for sure. And ball security is paramount. Come on, you got to play better, guys. you got to block. you got to take care of the football. You talk about missing players, Jesse. Edmonton losing the ball game also. Logo. Also losing Duke Williams. Calgary losing Reggie <laughs> Bagleton. We've seen a lot of good receivers go down with injuries. Which one has been missed the most so far? I go Jalen Saunders, and his numbers might not be as, as big as the other guys, but with June Jones' offense and like to have those little water bug guys getting around the field, making plays, he needs to have multiple yeah, guys you and I that can, can get uh, you, and I, you and I no. can agree does, on he that. He doesn't know. L- a little no. water bug guys, you and I understand a lot about that. <laughs> I, I, too, am a Jalen Saunders guy. Yeah. I think he's the biggest missing piece to bo- all these football teams missing these quality receivers. Jalen Saunders balanced that football field Ooh, out. You're with I me on this one. Hey, guys, there now. You guys don't know what you're talking about because there's only two wow. guys, a combination that will play in the Grey Cup the last couple of years. Kamar Jordan, he played a big role in this mm. team being up top mm. each and every year. 249 yards after Eric Rodgers went down earlier yeah. this year against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He's deeply missed. He was Boley Vi Mitchell's. Don't know what we're talking about. He's going to be They're missed. Alright, there you go. So that was three downs. We're going to step aside and after the break, it'll be Chris O'Leary from the CFL.ca. Boy, there, there's endless storylines. We'll get into all of it with Chris next here on CFL Week across the TSN radio network. Hungry? Domino's has you covered. Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carryout specials at dominoes.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. Try our delicious side dishes like pasta and chicken wings and don't forget our irresistible marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Perfect food for the big game if you're in a hurry or just because. Check out all the great deals at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. Welcome back to CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network Canada-wide. I'm Andy McNamara on Twitter at AndyMC81. Instagram at AndyMC Sports. And folks, we're delivered by Domino's. Get yourself some pizza. Forget about that turkey Thanksgiving weekend. Get some pizza. $10.99 medium feast pizza at dominoes.ca. Get some dessert marbled cookie brownie. Don't make mom make the apple pie. Get some marbled cookie brownie, pasta, boneless chicken, whatever you need at dominoes.ca. Very excited to bring in my next guest, a senior writer for CFL.ca. It's Chris O'Leary. Chris, how's it going? Doing great, Andy. How about you? Excellent. Well, this, boy, like as, as is usual post-Labor Day, there are a plethora of storylines in the Canadian Football League, and there's some, some, <laughs> some clinching opportunities or some playoff opportunities this week. I want to start with you with Ottawa, because we know Calgary is cream of the crop, and they're, they're, they're going to be fine. But the Ottawa mm-hmm. Red Blacks are real interesting to me, because they're, they're in first place, but I can't quite put my finger on what this team is because they've been so up and down. Do you have, have any idea what we can expect the rest of this year and into the playoffs of this team? Absolutely not. No, <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, no, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. I mean, I think I, I wrote something. Uh, I was out in Ottawa two weeks ago when they beat Edmonton, and I wrote, I wrote something just asking, like, who is this team? Because, like, yeah. like you said, they're, they're in first place, but I don't know if I've ever seen a first-place team 
in the CFL that I've had less of a feel for. Mm-hmm. And you just, you don't know what you're getting. And, you know, even looking at trying to make my picks this week, um, you know, you, you think like they should be, I mean, they, they've been playing well. And like, you think like they'll, they'll give, Ottawa, uh, give Winnipeg a good game, but um, you know, like defensively, I think they've been consistent, but just completely inconsistent on offense. And uh, they have so many weapons there that they, you know, like on paper, I think they should, should be, I guess and you say that in their first place, but you, you almost expect a little more out of them. And uh, you, you still don't really know what you get. I think when, when they're playing to their full potential, that's, that's a legitimate Grey Cup contender, but they just uh, just haven't been able to kind of do it week to week this season and kind of make a convincing argument for themselves. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. So Ottawa with a win or tie or Toronto loss, they secure a home playoff date. Now the Ticats secure a home playoff date with the Toronto loss or tie. And if Montreal loses, which looks uh, well, very likely, uh, to, considering their opponent, they will... <laughs> They'll be eliminated from the playoffs. Uh, let's go to Montreal for a sec here, Chris. And, and we look at Johnny Manziel, and I covered it off the top of the show. You look, okay, he threw a couple passing touchdowns. There's some progression. But to me, when I look, he he slid. I saw I saw a nice slide to protect himself. Then he dove headfirst into the end zone, which is that reckless abandon. Yeah. For, for, for Montreal and Johnny Manziel the rest of this year, is the rest of the season just trying to see what type of quarterback he is and if he can potentially be the guy? Because I don't even know if we're going to know by the end of the season if Johnny's the guy. Yeah, I think that's it, right? And I think just the way that he came in, the time, the timing of it, and he only had so many games, and then yeah. just the, the bad luck of getting injured um, and had that, that weird week when he came, was cleared from the concussion to uh, come back at the stomach flu or something, missed the whole week of practice. Uh, so we're, we're really only starting to get to see him consistently play now. And, uh, yeah, and I think, you know, the playoffs were probably, you know, a wild hope mm-hmm. <laughs> at, at any point in the season for this team. But I think it's just now about, um, you know, just, just finishing out the season. And I think Menzel said something to that effect uh, in the postgame uh, on the weekend, just um, just finishing strong and, and kind of letting him get a feel for the the league and, and just um, what it takes to win and, and how to play quarterback in Canada versus American football that, that he's grown up on. And, uh, yeah, I, I think just it's almost like, you're auditioning for next season mm-hmm. for him in a way and just, just showing, you know, maybe what you can do and, and kind of generating some hope for next season. Right. And I, I think too, because there is no weapons and the outlets traded away their future. Like there's nothing else they could get this season to trade to yeah. even help Johnny. The, the first round picks, they're gone. Uh, Chris Williams gone. Yeah. Like any offensive gone. Like there, there's nothing you can do if you're the Alouette. So I think for maybe even for Manziel, if he can t- keep stay- taking, even if it's baby steps forward with, People knowing there's nothing around him, maybe there's yeah. hope for next year. But again, Chris, like if we look at even next year, like I don't know what Montreal's going to be able to do. They're going to have to go real hard in free agency, I guess. I, th- and I think that's part of the hope too. It would be that you know, and I guess that's why these final few games are so important. If you can show that you've got a quarterback that you know when when he has weapons around him or if he has proper protection, uh, I guess you could speculate at that at this point because he uh-huh. hasn't really had that this year. But um, you know, it, you hope that over these, these final few games that, um, you know, the potential free agents, and there's going to be a ton of them this year with, I think just about everybody signed a contract that expires after the season. Uh, you know, maybe they'll look around and just say, yeah, like this, this is a situation where, you know, I can, I can make this team better. And, you know, if, I think if you, if there's a confidence there that you have the quarterback, uh, that's everything. And that's not what the Alouettes have had the last few years. And so, I mean, I don't know if that's an advantage, but I think it's a pro for them going into the off season. If, if, if things work out in these final few games. 
And now we talk about quarterbacks. What about the Toronto Argonauts? You had the nice start, the couple first starts by McLeod Bethel Thompson, that epic comeback win and another mm-hmm. comeback. Now it's really come back down to earth. Whispers, okay, should it be James Franklin in there now? What, what's going on? I, I'm, I'm going to have to assume that if you can't count on Ricky Ray, right? Like at this point, like he's either going to retire or even if he comes back, you can't count on him. What do you think the Argos need to do at quarterback? It, it's it's going to be interesting to see yeah. – what they want there. And I wonder if, um, you know, it, to me, it seems like Jim Pop wanted James Franklin, went up and got him. Mm. And then I think Mark Tressman made it very clear, even from training camp on, that, that he really liked McLeod. And, uh, you know, so I, I wonder how they resolve that, if uh, maybe if there's a trade or, uh, you know, if, if even even just to close out the season, you know, do, you, do you take a, a deeper look at James Franklin and, and see what he can do? Because I mean, he, only, he only got, what, four games this year? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, they have a decision to make. If uh, if they think McCall Bethel Thompson is their quarterback of the future, future, then you know they'll have to figure out uh, something to do with Franklin. And I mean, he's one of the few quarterbacks in the league under contract for next season. So, I mean, there's there's trade value there. And I think and there are still a ton of teams that think he's a great quarterback and can play in this league. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think they just got to figure out what they want and whether it's what the coach wants or what the GM wants. And I guess you can make an argument, Chris, for both of these guys playing out the rest of the way because you don't really know what you have yeah. yet in either of them. Like if, okay, if, if Bethel Thompson plays out, okay, now you have an idea, but then it's, it's oh, all right. Well, we weren't impressed by Franklin. What do we do? And then the other way, okay, well, Hey, Bethel Thompson, he's had, he's had quite a few starts right now and he's continued to regress. Hasn't thrown a touchdown since September 8. So where do you go in that sense? Like it's, it's a real quagmire of, as far as what, what they can do. And if even any of these two guys are the guys for the Argos? Yeah, no, and, and I think um, so much of it is um, is hindsight, especially with that quarterback position for a GM. So I mean, you have to make the right call. And I mean, and I think this this is one that's kind of haunted Jim Pop since the uh, the Calvillo days, right? Mm-hmm. It's just yep. finding that next quarterback, and, and uh, you know, you need to replace Ricky Ray, presumably. Um, and if if you get this wrong, if say you let Franklin go. Uh, or maybe if you focus on Franklin and, and uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson's the guy, you know, it comes back to bite you. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough call, and uh, it's it's one that you got to get right. In conversation with Chris O'Leary, senior writer for CFL.ca on Twitter, at O'Leary. Chris, okay, Chris, let's swing around the rest of the, the league here. And a team, I guess out in the West, this is what's been a little confusing to me with the, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, for example. Like you, you, And I think you can clump a few of these teams together as far as, okay, they're just not, you know, demonstrating or, or aren't consistent, kind of in that Ottawa realm, Edmonton. Mm-hmm. For the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and Matt Nichols, uh, has, has the conversation quieted for, for Chris Strebler to come in, or, or do you think he is still going to be on a pretty short leash when they play Ottawa? Um, I mean, it's, it's hard to say. I, I, I think just based off of how the season's gone and, and kind of what Michael Shea has said about Matt Nichols, I, I think he's sticking with him for the season, barring, you know, some sort of, horrific showing where he throws three or four or five interceptions or something in a game and, and, and really, you know, clearly outmatched. But I, I think they want to stick with Matt Nichols. I think they want to show him that they have faith in him. And, that, and I think Andrew Harris had said something uh, earlier early in the season about, you know, that team's only going to go as far as Matt Nichols will take them. And uh, so, I mean, I, I think it's his show this year, but I think he's going to have to produce more than he has to this point. And, uh, you know, and I think it's uh, if, if they fall short this season, uh, I think this this win in Edmonton did a lot for them, uh, probably yeah. in terms of internally for their confidence, and I think just even even the fans and the the fans to take a, a breath and kind of like the pressure let the pressure off of that team. I think that was huge, and uh, you know m- maybe this is the turning point where they can kind of settle down and play again. But um, no, I, I think there there was a ton of pressure there, and if if 
you know, if they, the season ends in a disappointing way, you know, I think maybe then that's when they look at things and, and try and evaluate for the future. Right. And I, I wonder too, Chris, like this jumped to my mind when, and Bo Levi had better statistics last year, but when Bo Levi Mitchell, he came in and he was injured for most of the year, never quite seemed right. And then this season mm-hmm. after a, a bit of a slow start really got back on track. And for Matt Nichols, Injured at the start of the year and it hasn't quite seemed right. And coming off of last season, like that didn't feel like a fluke to me, the way he performed and took that no. team. I wonder if there might be something that, okay, you know, end of the year, he still wasn't, wasn't 100%. And maybe that's why the coaching staff is sticking with him because it's like, all right, hey, we know this guy can still do it, but he's just, you know, it's taken longer to get there. You mentioned uh, Bo Levi uh, coming, coming back uh, or playing injured last year. Uh, that, I wonder too when when Nichols came back this year if um, if he saw Strava doing well and maybe felt some pressure there just to uh, to get back and sort of reassume that starting role and, and and try and pick things up and kind of kind of ensure the job I guess is is his and uh, you know I, I wonder if maybe uh, if he'd given it another week or two maybe he would have played better coming back in mm-hmm. and uh, yeah and I I think uh, you see it now where uh, the numbers weren't weren't outstanding offensively for the, the Bombers last week but. Uh, you know, I, I think that kind of a win, maybe that sparks them, that sparks Matt Nichols, and it kind of carries them into the, the rest of the season and then, you know, potentially the playoffs too. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, even You get that win, right? You get that first win, and then you move on, and it's tight. You got Winnipeg 7-7, seven and seven, Edmonton 7-7, seven and seven, BC 6-7 uh, and seven. now. When we look at it, this will be the last one for you here, Chris, Calgary 11-2, and two, Saskatchewan 9-5 and five, record-wise, I'm going, and then Ottawa 8-5. and five. We talked about Ottawa still not knowing what they are, Boy, the Rough Riders just keep seeming to overcome the, uh, the, the, themselves, right? It's like Deron Carter plays yeah. secondary. Okay, that's weird. We'll get rid of him. Oh, wow. All right. And then uh, quarterback. Like, are record-wise, they're the second best. Do you feel they are the second best team in the CFL as we stand today? You know, I, th- I feel like this week is the first time I've sort of been convinced that they actually are. Just, just because I think, like, like you said, similar to Ottawa, I think they've been so disappointing or underwhelming offensively uh, up until last week. And I mean, uh, I think Caleros only had the, uh, the one recorded touchdown, but I think he had two that were, uh, you know, the uh, players hauled down within the, the goal line or within the right. one yard line. Uh, the, the offense looked great. I think they, they were over 500 net yards in offense. Uh, you know, I, I feel like that's all that's been missing with that team. I mean, we've seen how strong that defense is. To me, that's one of the best Chris Jones defenses I've seen in my time around the CFL. Uh, you know, the special teams, they, they've got tons of capability there. But the offense was all that was missing. I feel like if, if they can get that at all, anything close to what they how they played against uh, Montreal this past week, I mean, they're a scary team. And, uh, you know, you'll, you'll look at Calgary dealing with the injuries that they are uh, as the season's winding down. I mean, that's that's a, a matchup that's going to be really interesting. If, you know, I look at that as potential as final. And, yeah, I, I, yeah. I see tons of potential there with Saskatchewan. And if they have the offense there, I mean, that's uh, it's a game changer for them. Well, we've seen them make plays on special teams, on defense, and now we see Zach Clares, 394 yards passing, and as you said, a couple of close calls that the that could have been more passing touchdowns. But Zach is it wasn't that long ago, Chris MOP level play. Oh, yeah. So if you get him back, finally, you know injuries and change of scenery and all that. But if he hits his stride now, this could become a dominant. Like this could legit challenge Calgary if you get Zach if you get 2015 Zach Caleros. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. And and just uh I mean it it just adds a whole other dynamic. I mean you think about how great of a season Saskatchewan's had at nine and five now. Uh then I want to say they've done it without an offense, but I mean they've done it without a lot of offensive punch and, and finish and uh I mean this this could go from a really great team to an elite team, a dominant wow. team. And uh you know, I, I feel like we got a sniff of that this past week against Montreal. That could be a lot of fun. Well, Chris, thank you so much for taking the time, man. Let's do it again soon. Absolutely, anytime. 
That was Chris O'Leary, senior CFL writer on Twitter at O'Leary Chris. We'll take the break. After that, it will be Scott Cullen from TSN.ca Power Rankings and CFL Fantasy Time. All coming up next across Canada, the TSN Radio Network. This is CFL Weekly. Welcome back to CFL Weekly, Canada-wide on TSN Radio. I'm Andy McNamara on Twitter at AndyMC81, Instagram at AndyMCSports. Hey, you going to watch the football games this weekend, folks? Get some Domino's. Medium Feast Pizza for just $10.99. Boneless pasta, chicken wings, marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Check it all out at Domino's.ca. Let's get into some power rankings and some CFL fantasy talk with my guy Scott Cullen from TSN.ca. Scotty, how's it going? Great, Andy. How are you today? I'm doing well, my friend. Doing well. Um, let's. I want to start on the fantasy side because of the news with James Wilder Jr. being out. He's going to miss Week 17, week to week, mm-hmm. with a leg injury. We know he's been a key fantasy cog in, in real life for the Argos. I'm looking at this, though, Scotty, as one of those, what do we love in fantasy? We love value, right? We Opportunity love, here, Andy. We, how about... Dexter McCluster, $2,500. I just slotted him into the lineup. I, I'm, I'm taking that all day. What do you think? Punt return, kick return, love, rushing, I, passing. I love it. I, um, you know, and Wilder Jr., while he's a, a terrific player, doesn't, doesn't offer you a, a great deal of value because, no. because he's, uh, he's established and, and you, have, you have to pay the price for the established player. Uh, in the case of Dexter McCluster, uh, you know, his, his track record is in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, and and from that track record, you know that um, you know he does have some some playmaking ability, uh, and so maybe the opportunity here with the Argos in the last few weeks at a bargain price, as you say, twenty five hundred dollars, uh, definitely worth a spot. Um, you know, and and you try it, and if it doesn't work this week, then so be it. But I think I think at twenty five hundred bucks, you can't go wrong playing in Dexter McCluck, McCluster and just hoping that uh, he gets some touches. Exactly, and the benefit with guys like this, and you see it on other teams too, right, like a Chris Rainey or or whoever you plug in, Mm -hmm. kind of those tweener guys, is, okay, if, let's say, they don't have a great day rushing, well, they can still contribute on the punter kick return. If they don't there, they can catch the ball. Like, you have so many different layers of ways they can contribute to the fantasy game. Like, this guy's worth a flex right now. It's it's perfect. Uh, Absolutely. Like And and the return return players have um, real value in the game on the weeks where they where they kind of go off, mm-hmm. right? Like I, I think of a guy like Deontay Spencer in in Ottawa, who you know from time to time has had some pretty good receiving games uh, during the year. But if those happen to come on the same week where he has has uh, some big returns as well, like it just sends his point totals off the charts. And so now I wouldn't expect McCluster to quite be up in Deontay Spencer to premise here that he's going to get touches both on offense and in special teams and. You know that gives him opportunity to, to you know break break a big run, um, have a big return, and you know maybe score a touchdown. And and if you put all that together, uh, it makes him a super value play. Oh, for sure, for sure. Now we move to somebody who, uh, oh boy, uh, come come crashing down to earth. Uh, the old Hulk Hogan song: "When it comes crashing down and it hurts inside." Jonathan Jennings of the BC Lions. Oh. <laughs> 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 and, and so unexpected, Andy. Yeah. You know, we expected we expected that Jonathan Jennings was just going to be aces all the way. All the way. Um, no, this is. I mean, this is our story that we've been going with him for. Uh, for a while now is that you, you can't tell from one week to the next whether you're going to get uh, the A-plus Jonathan Jennings, who, who we got a couple weeks ago, uh, and then in the return matchup against uh, Hamilton this week, um, not so good, you know, and through 146 yards and three picks. Like oh. that's, and, and, you know, in this game where you get to pick one quarterback a week, 
uh, having your quarterback throw for 146 yards and three picks with no touchdowns is like that's devastating. I, I don't know you. how you get around it. And so th- this is why you end up, you know, taking safer options at quarterback is that, you know, you can't afford to have that one quarterback that you're addressing this week uh, give you those kinds of numbers. And unfortunately, with Jonathan Jennings is we don't know from one week to the next what we're going to get. And, and so, you know, coming off this uh, terrible week and he goes home against Rome, he could very well uh, have a good week against the Argonauts sure. this week. But do you, do you really want to bet your, uh, you know, your fantasy production this week on Jonathan Jennings? And for, for me, it's a no. Yeah, I, I, I just can't. Like, Scotty, I know we don't expect necessarily a lot and expect the inconsistency, but a, a negative 0.2 minus points. You, you, you not only got zero, you went backwards. <laughs> you took Jonathan Jennings. That, that's a tough one to get a quarterback where, oh. where that's, that's kind of who you're, who you're counting on to be the foundation for your, yes. for your offense, right? Like, if you, if you have a decent quarterback uh, from week to week, you're, you're going to get in the high teens, maybe 20-plus points, maybe, maybe more if, they, if it's uh, a really big week. But, you know, to end up with zero or negative, that's, uh, that's a tough one to swallow. Oh no! Okay, so where are we going quarterback this week, Scotty? Because I'm looking at this, uh, the usually reliable Mike Riley. His price has come down from fourteen thousand to thirteen eight six one. Yeah, well, well, they brought his price down a bit, but that, that's not not a lot. And, and no. you know, the, the concern there is is that uh, you know Duke Williams may be hurt too, mm-hmm. and, and with Daryl Walker already out, I mean. You know, we've, we've seen how it's gone in Calgary. Calgary's managed to survive uh, injuries to their top receivers, and Bo Levi Mitchell has kind of kept the train rolling. Uh, but I don't know uh, that it, you want to spend, you know, the premium price that you pay for Mike Riley if he's also missing his top couple of receivers. And so that, that to me, I, I'd avoid uh, Mike Riley at that price. I'm, I'm probably looking at Trevor Harris again this week. He, he sort of falls in between, right? Like, yeah. Is it, you, you you have to pay more for Harris than you do for you know than Jonathan Jennings or Matt Nichols or um, you know guys who are kind of up and down. Um, and Harris is a little bit more consistent than them, but he also doesn't come at, at the super premium price that you have to pay for Riley or Mitchell. And so so that's sort of where I, I'm leaning this week is you know give me Trevor Harris and and hope that you know he, he's had more good weeks than bad this year and, and hope that you catch him on a good week. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a tough one because. With Riley struggling, you you don't want to. Now we mentioned Jonathan Jennings. Mike Riley could come back and throw for four fifty, and no one would, would blink an eye. But as you mm-hmm. said, at that price, who knows? I'm thinking, Scotty, maybe the the Calgary Stampeders. Hey, you know what? Call the lazy take if you want, but I like to win at fantasy football. And it's, it's the Alouettes, baby. Bo Levi Mitchell. I, I, I see you working here, Andy. <laughs> exactly right. Hey, we can try go. Oh, go go with this guy. Listen. You, you, you want to win, load up on some stamps this week. The problem being is, one, the running back position. Our guy, Don Jackson, magically reemerged, okay? Mm-hmm, uh, and, mm-hmm. and so, uh, Romar Morris the other way. Hey, go with Ro- He's a couple weeks. Don Jackson goes for 54 yards. So, I don't know what to make of the, the yeah. backfield there. But our guy, you mentioned the receiving core, and there's only so much depth, right? You, you mentioned Duke Williams going yeah. down in Edmonton. That's tough. Now, with Calgary and all they overcome, our guy, the bagel, Reggie. Reggie, yeah, Bagel, he's injured now. Add him to the pile of injured oh. receivers. I know it's, uh, it's, we're working, uh, Juwan Breskison is, uh, becoming more appealing every week. Yeah, um, I think he's got me. Because he's the only one left, the last man standing of the, uh, I guess you would say the, the regulars, uh, among Calgary's receivers. But, I, and, but, and at the same time, like, he's still on a bargain price. And so if you, if you wanted to, to do a, um, a Bo Levi Mitchell and, uh, and then grab Breskison as as a an inexpensive either receiver or flex. I, I think that's a that's a worthwhile play too. That's not bad as a nice stack. Yeah, 
Because Gretzkyson's going to get looks. Because, hey, stacking against Montreal. We, we, we've been uh, <laughs> you know, not pushing for that for most of the season. Exactly, exactly. And without um, uh, Bagleton now, it's uh, Juwan really has stepped up at 3700 bucks. is probably the lead target. And, and now, you know, behind the helmet... Uh, uh, alumni, by the way, on last week. Yes, so, yes. You know. <laughs> but, but now, like, well, and, he, and he's coming off a couple of, of you know productive games. Sure, you know, five catches in each of the last two games, total of 173 yards. You know that's that's enough that you can think that you know, given the injuries to the other guys, that that Bo Levi is going to be going to turn to him this week as you know if he, if he can get another five or six catches and 100 yards, maybe a touchdown like that at 3,700 bucks. That would be a, a serious bargain. Absolutely. And the other options, really, like we look at the stats from the Argos game, uh, Markeith Ambles. Uh, uh, Mark and Michael, you know, like he's he's flashing in, in games past a little bit, but there's that's that's the if you're going to stack, that's the stack to go with, I think, right? Yeah, I think like, just just because all these other um, options in the Calgary passing passing game, we just don't have enough, you know, kind of track record to feel comfortable with them, right? Like Marky, exactly. like you say, Marky Zambles and three catches for sixty nine yards, and maybe that's the the beginning of things to come, but how would you know? You know, we right. we don't have enough to to say that. Oh, yeah, he's going to be a guy that the Stampeders are definitely going to lean on going forward. Just you know, there's not enough track record there, or at least for for my uh, taste. Yeah, I'm I'm totally with you. In conversation with Scott Cullen from TSN.ca on Twitter at TSN Scott Cullen. So we're ran through some fantasy options there. Let's go to the power rankings now. And when we look at like the March of the Great Cup, we are in full swing. It's Week 17 and some big. Matchups here. We let's start in the West. Stamped eleven and two. Obviously, still the top. But the Rough Riders, Scotty, still keeping mm-hmm. pace. Nine and five. I know we talked about it last week, and they're kind of right on the cusp with kind of Edmonton, Winnipeg, kind of jumbled in. Are they the clear number two in the CFL right now? After they all they do is they just keep winning somehow. Yeah, I, I think they're the number two, uh, and to say clear is you know, yeah. that's probably debatable, <laughs> but. But you know they're they're sustaining a little bit of their success and, and winning some games. Like you say, I mean, you know, these relatively narrow wins in, in recent weeks aren't aren't exactly inspiring the uh, the troops. You know, you win by five at Montreal, you win by one at Toronto. You know, these are teams hanging at the very bottom of the league. So you you don't get uh, you know big cookie for those those narrow <laughs> victories. At the same time, it's better than losing. You right. know, and that and that's kind of what you're left with. You know, with a team like Edmonton who. Um, you know, I would say a month ago, you, you, I was pretty comfortable with Edmonton being the second best team, but they've, they've really been uh, kind of falling on hard times, and uh, and so you know the fact that Saskatchewan's been able to you know kind of string together some wins, and and even if even if they're not you know these overwhelming and impressive wins, you, you take the W's and keep keep moving up the board, and I think they they have sort of established that they're the. Um, you know, they're the next best team behind Calgary, and and then in that whole group uh, behind them, you have you have a bunch of teams that kind of can't stand to be successful uh, for too long. You know, they they they'll win a game and lose a game, and win two games and lose two games, um, and and you have a bunch of them who are all hovering around 500 for the most part. It, it, well, yeah, exactly. Because after Saskatchewan, you have I would think we'd pop Ottawa in leader in the East eight mm-hmm. and five. Uh, mm-hmm. But but again, like they they can go. We don't know what to expect out of them week to week. And then the 500 club, Winnipeg. Edmonton, Hamilton. Out of that three, let's go to those three. Winnipeg, I, I'm still not trusting Matt Nichols. Edmonton, I think, are going to get back on track just because of, of Mike Riley and, mm-hmm. and quarterbacks can do it. Hamilton seems to me 
to have that little bit of, of an edge. And although they've been inconsistent, it just seems like they can elevate themselves maybe to that next level. They have to do it. But out of those three, as of right now, entering Week 17, I might be more comfortable in having confidence in the Hamilton Ticats. What do you think? I agree, Andy. That's uh, and and. You know, the like you say, the the upside is really there with Hamilton, and that, and we've seen it in some games this year where, uh, you know, where it looks like they're really firing on all cylinders. Jeremiah Masoli, um, you know, it has been one of the top quarterbacks in the league, and, and I, I think in, in a league that is so quarterback driven, you have to respect that they've got a guy at quarterback that they can count on and um, is productive. And, and you know, early in the season, it was a, it was a story of he could put up yards and not score touchdowns, but that that started to change as we as we moved on. The touchdowns have, have followed, and and I, I think that you know, they have enough enough talent there that. Um, you know they should be able to, um, you know, challenge Saskatchewan if, if they can kind of finish strong and and maybe close that gap. And and I mean by the same token, like I look at Edmonton and think that they've been massive underachievers because of how much talent they have. Like I think they should be better than seven and seven, but um, you know they they haven't kind of played up to that level either. And and I, I suppose this is the story of the seven and seven teams is mm-hmm. that um, if if they had been playing up to the the level of their talent, you would. You know, you'd expect them maybe maybe they'd be eight and six or nine and five, and then it, it would feel like a different story. But um, there have been a few disappointments uh, for both Edmonton and Hamilton, and, and it kind of leaves them with this underachieving, mediocre record. But at the same time, like you know, we've we've seen recent Grey Cup teams who were fairly mediocre through the regular season yeah. uh, that, that played well for a couple of games in the playoffs, and all of a sudden win the Grey Cup. And I would basically, I wouldn't discount uh, that happening for either uh, Hamilton or Edmonton, um, based on the, you know the talent that they have. That if they if they could just string it together for a few games, that I, you know, I think there's still there's still hope in the season for both. Right, I, I think that's a great that's a great point, Scotty. In that, really, you just in the CFL, you just got to get in. Just got to get into the mm-hmm. playoff. You get in, and you don't even have to be hot for an extended period of time. Like you said, hey, <laughs> look good that last game. Catch a little bit of fire, and boom, you're uh, you know you're hosting the trophy the trophy at the end. Like it, it can happen yeah. that quick. But for for this week, like if we look at week seventeen, I think this 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 could be a defining kind of maybe maybe shift in the season because you have Edmonton, Saskatchewan, and like we said, Edmonton, all the talent in the world, but you got to you got to show me at some point Saskatchewan yep. rolling. Like if Saskatchewan wins that game at home, which is very likely against the Eskimos mm-hmm. and and keep now Calgary's not going to lose, maybe I'll eat that word, but I'll take my chances. You're you're still yeah. you're still keeping pace and then Edmonton falls and what if Winnipeg upsets Ottawa? Right? What it be? BC out west. Toronto doesn't travel well out in BC. They could lose. Yeah. Like this whole West Division could shift on a dime after this weekend. Yeah, and you're right. Like this, this is a. a uh, I mean, for Edmonton in particular, this is a really critical game. Like if you're Saskatchewan, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. they built up a bit of a, a bit of a cushion that if they lose, it's not not the end of the world. But if you're Edmonton, and all of a sudden you you sink to seven and eight, and you're missing your top receivers still, and um, you know suddenly suddenly things could get awfully uncomfortable there. Uh, and so, yeah, I think that that game on on Monday between Edmonton and Saskatchewan is, you know, that that is uh, a critical game for the Eskimos, and you know, probably the most critical game of the week, uh, given um, you know the repercussions that it could have for for a team like Edmonton, who you know, I, I think by all accounts would have expected to be a, a playoff team this year, mm-hmm. if not a Great Cup contender. So. You know, facing the prospect of all of a sudden being seven and eight oh. uh, through fifteen through fifteen games, um, that that 
you know, puts you in a pretty tough spot where, you know, you could find yourself on the outside looking in uh, and then wondering, oh, wow, we, we kind of kicked away a few games and uh, and th- this is what we get for it. Yeah, and those injuries, of course. Uh, Scotty, great stuff as always. Have a great Thanksgiving weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. Sounds great. You too, Andy. There he goes, Scott Cullen from TSN.ca. I must follow on Twitter, folks, at TSN Scott Cullen and his work statistically speaking on TSN.ca, not just for CFL, but NFL, MLB, NHL, great NHL stuff, of course, from, from Scotty. So there you go. We will be back after the break. Behind the helmet, a legend joins me, the pinball Mike Pinball Clemens next on CFL Weekly Across the TSN Radio Network. <laughs> Back to wrap up the Thanksgiving edition of CFL Weekly Canada-wide across the TSN radio network. I'm Andy McNamara, and if you missed any of the show, don't worry. You just go to your local TSN radio website, go to the Shows section tab, click on it, scroll down. There you go. CFL Weekly is there, or you can get it on iTunes, or I'll have it posted at AndyMC81 on Twitter and Instagram at AndyMCSports. So lots of ways to get ready for this very important slate of games. And this weekend, folks, take the pressure off. Go get yourself some Domino's pizza, the turkey. The, they got you covered. They have boneless chicken, side dishes, pasta, medium feast pizza, loaded with toppings for just ten ninety nine. Dessert. If you don't like pie, hey, marbled cookie brownie for you. They got 6 and 12 piece. Go get yourself some of that. Check out all the great deals at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. Should mention as well, this coming out from Farhan Lalji of TSN. On Twitter, we were chatting with Scott Cullen just uh, earlier there on Duke Williams and maybe not being available well. Farhan tweeting out that Eskimos are expecting Duke Williams' left shoulder injury will be healthy enough to play this week versus the Riders. So there you go. You can keep that in mind and track that if you're thinking of slotting him into your fantasy lineup. But very excited for my next guest. Behind the helmet, Mike Pimball Clemens, legendary figure with the Toronto Argos, in the CFL community. Just an all-around great dude. Charity guy. Phenomenal. Caught up with him a little while ago, and here's my chat. In conversation with Michael Pinball Clemens, of course, Toronto Argonauts legend and now special advisor to the team. Okay, Pinball, I wanted, I do something called Behind the Helmet so that people can get to know the guy more and get to, to see his, not that you need a, your personality brought out, but to get to know you a little bit better, okay? So I'm, I'm going to hit you with some fun, hard-hitting questions. You ready? Yes. Okay, let's go. All right. Now, first of all, how many times were you a CFL All-Star? I'm testing uh, I, I I think twice. You, you know what? That's uh, That was a trick question, and you are correct. A CFL All-Star twice. You were also an East All-Star three other times. Very good. Right. Very good. <laughs> now, you're from, you mentioned you were in Florida. You're originally from Dunedin, Florida. So some Florida State trivia. See how well you know your Uh-oh. home state. The okay. official state animal of Florida. Uh, is uh, our, our animal is not the rattlesnake. <laughs> you're right. It is not the rattlesnake, <laughs> but it is. It, it, okay, I'm going to tell you. It's, it's the Florida panther. Of course. Right? Yes, like the hockey yes. team. Yes. So, you know, I, I've been here for 27 years yes. now. So it doesn't, doesn't I forgive you. I, I do remember that at some point, though. The Florida <laughs> Panther. One more Florida State question. The official flower. Oh. State flower. The official flower is not the begonia. It is not the begonia. Correct again. It is, however, the orange blossom. 
The or- well, that would make sense. Florida oranges, yeah. Yeah. Nothing better than that. <laughs> okay, okay, so so now now the orange blossom though. I can't say that I know what the I, and I should, but I I can't say I know what the orange blossom looks like. That that that's even worse, right? right? Oh, the you orange know what? tree is obvious, right? <laughs> but but the orange blossom is a plant, and so th- th- that's. I'm going to, yeah, um, just a minute. Just Google, Google that. Yeah. Google, yes, just a minute. <laughs> yes. Isn't that the great thing today? Like, if, if this was like 20 years ago, we'd just say, oh, well, I guess we'll never yeah. know. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> now you can find it out in a second. Yeah. All right. The, the trivia is over, but a couple more questions for you. Um, favorite hobby in your post-playing days? Oh, my, my favorite uh, hobby is, without question, time with my kids uh, and, and my wife, my wife and kids. The family time we get is the um, uh, the best and most um, um, resilient time that I have. It refreshes and renews me, and yes. Yeah, so. Now, is there anything you like to specifically do, vacation spots, activities? Like, what, give me give me something on that. So, so, so our, our girl's favorite is Hawaii. Oh, um, we, nice. we haven't been to Hawaii in several years now. We were we were going like every year for a while, and my wife says the flight is too far. <laughs> so, so, um, so that is absolutely one, and and I guess one that we want to go to. I think would would be you know sort of the next thing, and that is um, we haven't been to Europe together with the kids. Mm. We uh, Diane and I have been a couple of times. So so Europe, but. Uh, we we have you know uh, some time here in the Bahamas and and you know so we've done all around the Caribbean and we we love all of that uh, but uh, Hawaii is a favorite and uh, hopefully Europe is next we've we've taken them to uh, on missions trips uh, to Kenya and to Haiti and and so they've done a little bit of that but but Europe Europe. Go explore. Oh, yeah, and Pinball, I've been a couple of times. A Czech Republic and um, uh, Budapest are two dark horses to, to visit. Yes. Those phenomenal. I've heard that. Very fun. Well, okay. And, okay. And they're not Thank on the you. Euro, so our money goes a long way. It's really good. Yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and uh, favorite sports team growing up? Uh, favorite sports team growing up? Um, you know, I, I guess the... Default answer is uh, are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. But before I was a Bucks fan, before the Bucks were around, I, I was a fan of the 1972 uh, or 1973. Oh my goodness! I think it's 73 Miami Dolphins. Yeah, oh, so, yeah the yeah. undefeated team with Larry Zonka, Mercury Morris, um, Dick Anderson, and Jake Scott on the defense. Nick Bonacani in the middle, Ooh. and, and uh, yeah, those 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 guys. Uh, Bob Greasy was our quarterback. Paul Warfield, receiver, yeah, that that uh, that Larry Little was a pulling guard, right? So that that whole team, uh, that that was that was probably my favorite growing up. Oh man, hard to argue with that. Pinball, thank you so much as always, man. Appreciate it. Real pleasure, Andy. Thank you. You're, you're brilliant, buddy. Uh, oh, thanks. <laughs> you got Keith. Save that. I, I need you to save that. Pinball saying I'm brilliant. That's. I'm going to need that for my records. Michael Pinball Clemens, everybody. Special advisor to the Toronto Argonauts and, of course, an all-time CFL great. There you go, Mike Pinball Clemens, one of the all-time beauties in the Canadian football league and really all across Canada. Just a, I, I had a chance, I've had a chance to talk with Pinball over the years just in person and all that. Just the night, legitimately nicest guy. Legit. Some people you talk to, eh, okay, is it phony? Is it fake? No. Pinball legit is interested in what you have to say. What a great guy. 
Anyway, there you go. Thanks to all my guests today. Chris O'Leary of CFL.ca, Scott Cullen, TSN.ca, Mike Pinball Clemens, of course. So that'll do it, folks. Enjoy the games. Playoff implications in effect. Happy Thanksgiving. Let's go. We'll chat next week. And you've been listening to CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network.